This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah. Oh, that's been taking ages, isn't it? Yeah. It, well, the, the studio that was making it, THQ, shut down, and then it was bought out by, I want to say Ubisoft, and they went, yeah, we're going to tart it up and take our time with it. Homesdale Radio is proudly sponsored by CompleteSigns.co.uk. Complete Signs are a producer of top quality internal and external signs for an ever-expanding portfolio of clients, including hotels, schools, local authorities and small businesses across the nation. Offering a wide range of creative solutions from flat metal nameplates to neon fascia signs and everything in between. Clients are offered the highest standards in consultation and sales support to ensure complete customer satisfaction. With clients free to choose solutions from a wide variety of materials including brass, aluminium, stainless steel, wood and a number of plastics. Covering most of South England with virtual offices in Croydon, Epsom, Hawley, Worcester Park in Surrey, Crowthorne in Berkshire, Regent Street West London, Docklands East London and Crawley and Brighton in Sussex. So if you're looking for the complete professional service for your sign needs, then look no further than Complete Signs. Head to their website, completesigns.co.uk, for further information, including contact details and full office addresses. Live commentary. Uh, ball back with companion in the centre of the field. I hope he plays a long breaking pass. He doesn't. <laughs> it's found Dobby. Oh, again, he's tried to... You got a word for those short passes? Well, I've got a word for that short pass, but um, <laughs> better not say it. Live interviews. Yeah, I think that's where we'll be for, for the foreseeable future. You know, we've worked on some interesting things there. And um, I think that redeveloping, redeveloping it bit by bit is probably going to be our best option. Expert analysis. All right then. John and the kids are dead on the motorway. Dead on the Well, most of the time anyway. Good evening everyone and welcome to Homesdale Radio. My name is Chris Hambling and I'm your host for tonight's look back at the last week for Crystal Palace. With me today are Alex White. Hello. Hello. How Joe are you? Holyoke. Oh, don't oh. start with how are you, God sake. Sorry. Every time. Joe Hi. Holyoke. <laughs> Hello. 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 Oh. And, <laughs> and Tom Fancy. Uh, Hello. Tom. Hello. 
Uh, Tom is in the communication hub tonight. I'll be dealing with all of your contact on Twitter, which is at HOL Radio. Facebook, facebook.com forward slash HOL Radio. Email, radio at homestale.net. And also, Carrier Pigeon. Um, tonight, we focus on yesterday's brilliant 3-1 win against West Brom, which saw debuts, return of Glenn Murray, and a welcome three points. And I've forgotten to write any more of my introduction. So, to kick us off, here's a quick summary of um, the week's news in News in Brief. Get involved with the show. Email radio at homestale.net or call us on 0208 1234 Homestale Radio. Voices for Palace Watch. Faces for Crime Watch. Palace boss Tony Pulis was nominated for the Barclays Premier League Manager of the Month award for January earlier this week. Pulis was eventually beaten to the prize by Manchester City manager Pellegrini. Young Crystal Palace duo Sally Kaikai and Haram Boateng have signed loan deals with League One side Crawley Town. The midfield pair have joined the Red Devils for one month with a view to an extension. News in Brave. Homestale Radio is brought to you in association with CompleteSigns.co.uk for all your sign-based needs. To receive a genuine 10% discount, mention you are listening to Homestale Radio and get in touch today. Hmm. Just wondered if we uh, have a contact jingle anymore. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, we used to. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway, welcome back from uh, from the news in brief, which was particularly brief today. Uh, yeah, um, well, let's get straight on to talking about uh, our, our review of the West Brom game. Um, well, the, I mean, the main talking point, really, I suppose, it, it sits in the lineup. We made some signings on deadline day, and we saw three of those starting, Scott, Dan, Joe Ledley, and Thomas Ince, with uh, Wayne Hennessy on the bench uh, as, as well. And also on the bench was a certain Glenn Murray. Um, Dr. Unk obviously working his magic to get Glenn fit uh, much earlier than anticipated. <clears throat> Um, but I mean, well, let, let's start, guys. Joe Joe Ledley at left back is a place where I want to begin. Um, I was pretty surprised by that, I have to say. Um, Alex, your, your views on that? Well, based on Tony Pulis's press conference, he he did allude to that Joe Ledley could play on any parts of the left side and central. So it wasn't the greatest surprise to me. I I didn't believe he would do it, but it wasn't it wasn't a massive surprise. He's not a defender, and I think I think everyone can see that pretty clearly. But does he defend any worse at left back than Dean Moxie or Jonathan Parr? Probably mm. not. So it doesn't really matter. Do you see it? I mean, as as the long term solution though, because obviously you buy a central midfielder. A, no, no, because. No. Pulis did try and sign Fabian Johnson as well, who uh, plays in Germany, a left back, yeah. which didn't happen. So he's he's obviously not very keen on on Dean Moxie, which, which is pretty obvious. Uh, and Jonathan Pye, I think, has fallen out of favour. And I just thought, let's just chuck chuck Ledley in there, see what he can do. He played him all over the pitch, didn't he? Sort of the changing mm. formations and to see where he was really best at. But I think I think he really wanted to get him some game time, and yeah. he's not particularly keen on either left back we have at the moment. Yeah, I think that's a that's a fair summary. It's quite clear he, the best way to integrate those players, given how long it's not much of the season left, really, uh, and the best way to integrate them is to get them on the pitch playing together. For them. Joe, how do you think Ledley did? Uh, <clears throat> well, fantastic, really. Um, Don't use the word I mean, fantastic. <laughs> well, he's yeah, sorry. Well, he scored, didn't he? So, um, 
anyone that can play out of position and play as well as he did, um, yeah, I think I think he did very well. He did, he did extremely well. I mean, they must mm. have worked their butts off in training this week um, to come in straight along and set up like they did. Um, yeah, no, I'm really, really pleased. I mean, obviously, we're sitting here on the end of an hiding and going, yeah, it was all crap. He's played out of position, this, that, and other. But, we, you know, we, we've now got someone in charge who, who really just knows his game inside. You know, he obviously knows the players' games inside out as well mm. because otherwise, he, you know, he'd be talking to a lot of people within football. Um, and and uh, um, Sorry, I'm just going to point out live on air in a professional way that, Tom, when you type... It's really loud, so you might want to mute your microphone when you type. <laughs> well, I really enjoyed, really enjoyed that the slight sort of hiss of Tom's microphone just disappeared immediately as I said that. Oh no, it's a really good point, Joe. Um, it, it is, it's, it's the, it's showing the manager. Well, it's his best example of, of to see how good a manager is when you see his signings come straight in the side and make an impact like that. I mean, of the players that played, um, I, I think. So Ledley seemed to struggle a little bit early on playing in, in what is, you know, he, he said himself he's playing out of position. But um, Alex made quite a good point in that he didn't didn't underperform when you compare him against uh, Moxie and Parr and certainly got forward and set piece and got an all-important goal as well. So you can definitely well, see that. Go on. Well, we need to get something straight, really. I mean, mm. our, our, our team have made a huge step up and... To be honest with you, apart from the odd mistake, and it has only been at the odd mistake, Moxie ain't let himself down. No, he ain't, he ain't no. let anybody, but he ain't let anybody down. This so is... to, be, to be cast out, you know, we can't we can't be getting rid of Par and Moxie and chucking in a midfielder in the left back, even if he's left side. I don't care, but mm. but, but, but we, it needs to be. I, I, thought, I thought Pulis made a made a really good point, um, and he said that. It doesn't matter about the 11 or the 14 that we used yesterday. This is about how the squad copes for the rest of the season. Yeah, it did It did seem almost a little bit pained, didn't he, by the decision of to having, having to leave people out. I think. Well, he did, and he made a point about it, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, saying that yeah. he, he told the players earlier, early on, so that what they'd done, they'd worked on there, they, they brought the players in, and immediately told ABC, you're not playing. These players are coming straight in for you, and they've accepted it. I mean, the other thing as well is, what are they going to do? They're going to go, oh yeah, I'm off. Off to mm. where? To the championship? Sit your asses down. Try and work a bit harder. <laughs> you know what you get with Moxie, didn't you? I think Moxie's, <laughs> I personally think Moxie's better than Parr. That's my personal opinion. Mm. Um, and I think, he, you know, I can't see how straight away they think that that, that, uh, that Ledley's better than, than Moxie, you know. Um, well, it must have had every intention of playing Ledley at left back, considering he's left Mariapa out of the squad completely. Who you would have thought he'll go right back, Ward go left back if he really didn't fancy Parr and Moxie that 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 madly. Yes, yeah, it's a, that's a good it's a good point. I I'm not sure about. It. I think I I can't I can't help but agree because I mean we've seen K, seen KG retain his place and that that's who everyone thought would miss out. Um, and yeah, I, I can only I can only sort of imagine what you're saying is right. But I mean, we'll see. We'll see in upcoming games. I I, I think I could see um, him making a different decision against a different team. Put it that way. I'm not sure convinced he had played Ledley at left back against a team with with a bit more pace out wide. And I think when you look at the start of the second half, we were exposed by pace of, from um, West Brom sub TAV or whatever his name is. Thievy. Uh, Thievy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's Thievy. Mm. Anyway, but yeah. 
he, I, I felt his pace exposed us, uh, you know, you know, in that sort of in the defensive area, and and certainly, well, I mean, yeah, let's let's not get, get bogged down in too many negatives, but we we must we must sort of talk about the other the other changes that were in there. Uh, obviously, Tom Ince came into the squad and played. Um, well, we effectively came in for Cameron Jerome and played up alongside Chamac, but sort of drifted in behind him, uh, and that seemed to work a lot better. We were talking the other week about Chamac maybe not being so great as a lone front man. But um, he looked a lot more sort of at home with the role when he had Ince sort of buzzing around him, and the two seemed to link really well. That that a fair point, Joe? Free roll, yeah. Free roll. Give him, give him. Just sit him, go out here and play football. And, and that's for the, for me. I can't think of any other player that's been sold to do that this year. You can you can quite clearly see with Pulis's teams that you know if they if they pick the ball up, they're told to pass it. If you if you're in charge of breaking up play. You do break up play. You don't go on loads of fantastic runs, and he was obviously he's obviously told to to uh, to go and do what he, you know do what he does best because there's no way he was playing left wing yesterday. Started off in the centre. Oh no, no, he did. Well, you, yeah, you had but, you but had he overtook. Yeah, well, he overtook Blasius. Blasius cut in, got got fouled. He came through the middle, didn't he, for the cruise goal? Yeah. Well, that was so, that was the, the the surprise on on the starting lineup for me was was to see Belassi punch and, and in sort of start with Chamac as that attacking four if you like. Um I sort of read a bit online about um that being that's effectively what, what Pulis did at Stoke. It was an attacking four and the rest effectively sit and try and uh, try and restrict chances and you know get as much possession of the ball as they can. But effectively it's down to that attacking four to play and in a way it's kind of almost reminiscent how Dougie had a set up at one point. Um but yeah, let's. I, I mean, it wasn't. The, I'd say overall, it probably wasn't the best performance I've, I've ever seen from a Palace side. But it's a game we kind of ended up winning convincingly. It was a bit odd, really. Um, well, that's what that's what I love about Pulis, though, isn't it? Because he comes in, and you think about managers when they come in now. They're all about all this possession football and lovely attacking football. He doesn't care at all, does he? He's he's here to do a job, and he really doesn't worry about his reputation. At the end of the day, it's a results business, and what he's doing. We had thirty-five percent possession at home yesterday, which most people would say is unacceptable. But we've won the game three-one. So we can't complain. It doesn't matter how we play. I don't celebrate a game winning any differently because of the way it was won. No, I mean it's not. Sometimes it's not nice to watch when, and this is not restricting just to um, to Pulis. But sometimes it isn't particularly nice to watch when we don't have the ball, and we don't have the ball for quite a long period. And at times you're seeing that squad, and you're thinking, oh, you know, we're sitting a little bit deep here. Um, but in terms of the actual attacking flair and the way we pass the ball about, especially in that final third, I'm actually finding it pretty entertaining. Joe, your view? Yeah, without a doubt. We are, do you remember when I first, when he first came along, people were coating him off saying, we don't want him, he's going to be hoofball. And I said, we've got to wait and see, and see what he does because we, did, we haven't got a hoofball, we didn't have a hoofball team. And what, what we have got is, and, and I, did, I, I did say that, I thought that, that his career would evolve with 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 more flair players. Now mm. I can't think of many flair players at Stoke. I really can't. But we at Palace, he's got flair players, and I think he's he, he's realised that they can terrorise without whacking it up and, and to a, someone who's six foot three and smashing up a defender. You know, we're, we're, we're playing football, and I'm so pleased about that. For for that thirty five percent, we played football. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, no, I, I deserved deserved that. Just the other thing as well. Sorry, just quickly, Chris. People, this expectation about having to beat 
everyone, you know, we should be beating this team at home. We should be Man United should be beating Fulham at home. Mm. There you go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, mate. Everybody now is fighting for their lives. <clears throat> did, see what I did get the impression from yesterday. It's like a like a cup game yesterday. Yeah, and that's what I think they're all going to be now. They're all going to be like cup games. Every result is, yeah. to, you know, but win this one onto the next, not just get a league. I'm really enjoying that side of it. I have to say that, like you say, the little the cup game kind of feel to everything is is really appealing to me. And the other thing that um, that I'm really I've noticed this year, what's um, <laughs> what's sort of been really noticeable for me is you know how we always get into this mindset of. Oh, it's the Palace way. We do this because it's the Palace way. Blah 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 blah. The Palace way is we all go to ourselves. This is a game we must win. It's a six-pointer. We must win that. And the Palace way is to traditionally to go and lose that and then go and beat someone we shouldn't. Yeah. This this time round, under Tony Pulis, doesn't happen. We go. This is a must-win game, and we go and bloody win it. And and really, I really like that. I think to me, it's changing a bit of the culture. We might actually start thinking a bit more philosophically about our our side and not expecting the worst in all these cases. I tell you, if he can stop ex-players scoring against us, then he really will change everything. Um, I want to go quickly to, um, to Tom and see if we've got, uh, well, what contact we've got in from the listeners so far on the topics of discussion. Tom? Yeah, we've had a few uh, pieces of contact already. Um, on the subject of Joe Ledley playing in the defence, uh, we had Gareth Davies put in saying that uh, he thinks Ledley would have struggled against better opposition and he'd prefer Parr to start uh, with Ledley next to Jedi in midfield. So that uh, seems to be something that quite a few people are thinking. Uh, Palace Gifts also chipped in on the similar points, thinking that he would, Ledley would also be better alongside Jedi Nack and Parr and are more than capable at left back with Ledley just in front of them as protection. Um, and then we were talking about the debutants and who impressed the most. Uh, Patrick O'Connor said Ince was brilliant. The thing is that yesterday Ince played uh, how I expect Punchin to play up front as a forward. Um, so he offered a bit more there. And uh, Xander Dangerfield, I don't think that's his real name, but that's how he's going by, uh, said Ince's finish is what we have missed all season. Ledley did a job for us and will become a great centre midfielder. Yeah. Well, some yeah, quality contact in there. I can't really disagree with too much. One thing I will pick up on, and I've noticed it on the, on both BBS and, and Homestead as a point of discussion. A lot of people talking about obviously Ledley coming into alongside Jednak, and um, the inference being that that KG doesn't offer enough there. Now, I thought KG actually had a pretty decent game yesterday. Um, that's not to say that uh, I, I don't see that as the long term solution. I think it is, but I actually think KG played yesterday, Alex. I um one of those I'm a massive fan of KG I believe his off the ball work is absolutely outstanding I think the one problem is when we looked yesterday we had two central midfielders that couldn't pass out the ball couldn't bring it down and then pass it out and I think that's what Ledley brings you you look at the Arsenal game and the West Brom game you've got arguments there that that KG was one of our best players and he breaks down the ball so well and him and Jednak have this great great connection but when you know he, he'll pick up the ball he'll start running and then just run into a player because he has no idea where he's meant to be running it, it, it's a strange one because he is I believe he's actually a very good player but mm-hmm. is he better than, than Joe Ledley I just think you need that balance and if, and if Ledley can strike up a partnership with Jednak then I think we've got the perfect two there I mean, there's a school of thought leading on from that, that, that KG actually probably had a better game than Jednat yesterday. Joe, do you got any views? Uh, right. First, uh, the, the um, Ledley being at left-back, was just a, just a, uh, he was put there to, to do a job. I think had, he, had, mm. had there been a speed merchant, I think it would have been, if they played someone really fast down the wing, I think someone else would have would have played there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. A bit a bit a bit like uh Ward coming out of right back playing in centre midfield. You know, I think I think you'll f- <clears throat> it it would seem the easier um the easier option 
I don't know what's saying there. I, don't, I really don't know. I mean, listen, he's done his own work, hasn't he? That's what he's done. Pulis has done his own work, put him there, and it's worked a treat. You know, like I said, if it hadn't have worked, we'd all be screaming and shouting, saying we've got two left-backs, um, and, and he put a midfielder there. But it, it worked, and he did his job. Um, everyone's, you know, everyone's really, really pleased. So it, it, it just looks like that what Pulis likes, it likes in players, is that, you know, sometimes to, you have to take one for the team. You know, you yeah. take one for the team when you when you thought you'd be playing and you're not, and then you take one for the team when you thought you'd be centre mid and you end up being left back. You, t- you know, uh, what I like as well straight away, he's already given us a, an in- a, 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 an inclination to the type of players that what he wants his players to be, and it almost mm. seems to be unless you are so one position based that he likes utility players. Yeah, he does. Well, it, we've it, got it, two straight away. We've got two yeah. now. Haven't we? Yeah, I mean, well, in, in, yeah, ends can pretty much play anywhere in the forward line. Um, it's a three wide centre. You, you've got yeah, and you've obviously got the flexibility that Chamak has shown by playing deep and also you know, as 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 the point figure point of the attack. You've also got Punch, who can play anywhere across the front, um, and and it's and obviously Joel Ward, um, you know, is, is the obvious one who can pretty much play everywhere. Now, now we've seen it, like you say, with Ledley. It's definitely a feature, and I think it's because it allows a lot of tactical changes during games, and that that's been a bit of a feature under Tony Pulis of late. Because I've I've noticed we quite often we're still in a position where we're matching up against opposition's formations, and, and we're reacting to their changes. We're not, you know, we're not currently able to to dominate games and to dictate play. And I think Tony Pulis knows how to deal with that. I really do think. Um, and as you as you said in chat, we do it does give us a plan B. It gives us a plan B, plan C, plan D, plan E all the whole time. We can we can react. We're not stuck which, in a, which we haven't had. We, yeah, we, we haven't. Have we? We, we've had we've had and again and I don't want, and this is not again it's not a criticism of Dougie, but when the way he got our club back on track because he did it was him who did it. He got us back on track by giving us a way to play and a way to operate, and that was to to you know, to let the opposition have the ball and to break. And we never really got away from that. Holloway tried to take us away from that uh, and, and unfortunately failed at this level. And Tony Buse has come in and he's, and he's basically, when he came in and it was with the players he had available, he went back to that system. But now you can see just those changes he's made. He's, and and then the last few games, you've seen him make tactical changes during matches. And it's been really, really encouraging. Uh, going back, um, I've got some, come, come to more of your contact in a second. But just going back to something that Tom's mentioned, it was, it was a comment related to possession. And uh, we're talking about the midfield. And it said that um, it's from Texas Palace. It's, Fulham today showed it's not all about possession. They had three shots on target, two went in, and the one save was scored off a rebound. It's impressive. And that is pretty much what we're talking about. That's exactly how we've been set up for... For some time, we're not all about having possession of the ball. I think West Brom had 60, 60 something percent, 68 percent, maybe, maybe as high as that as possession. And we ran out three one winners. So there you go. Uh, Tom, what else has been said? Um, Hi there, guys. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Andy A in the chat room made a very interesting point to say that it's uh, it's interesting that we're now picking holes on who should play where rather than who should be playing at all. So, so mm-hmm. how much sort of change we've had in recent weeks. Um, but regarding the sort of KG issue, um, we've had uh, Mark Salisbury on the opinion that KG is an easy scapegoat. He thought we had a solid game yesterday. However, he thinks Ledley would offer more in his role. Um, Barry Donovan, on the other hand, says you don't buy a player like Ledley with massive big game Champions League experience and stick him left back. Yeah. And uh, Patrick O'Connor said KG had a very good game and is really, really unappreciated. He takes too much stick. Ledley's a better player though, so should play. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Last bit, especially, is 
it's kind of what what I, the most that's what I got out of um, of Pulis's comments really after the game is it's all about now admit you know you people don't have to get do anything wrong to get to get dropped you know when you when you're fighting for your lives and Gabadon for me is a really big example of that Gabadon has been much much better this season much better than I thought he would be um, Scott Dan had a fairly well, I think the word is inauspicious start to his career. He wasn't. He looked a little bit sluggish at times, and, and it, you know, wasn't wasn't straight away up to speed. But you expect that. He's got to build a partnership with Delaney and Gabadon and Delaney been playing together for for some time now. But there's, I think there's little doubt in my mind that Scott Dan's probably now at this point in his career is a superior player to Gabadon, and that's that's the brutality of trying to put the best team out there. You know, there's some players on the bench who, who probably haven't really done an awful lot to deserve being there. Parr probably didn't do a huge amount to get dropped and you know Gale's pretty much been a danger and scored a lot of goals when he's played so you know arguably he should be involved more. Barry Bannon has been excellent for us. You know he's a bit part player now and this is it's brutal up there but we've you've got to pick the best side and we've our, our 11 yesterday was full of quality and we'll go, we'll go into who were the best of those um fairly shortly but um yeah, don't want to sort of dwell too much on it. Uh, I'm just getting confused. I'm, was someone calling? Um, yeah, there you go. We've got Nick calling. In. I hate it when Nick calls in because it's like he doesn't he doesn't realise that when he's not on the show, we don't want to hear from him. But anyway, hi Nick. Oh, thanks very much. I love you too, boss. <laughs> <laughs> Can I, I, I just want to kind of congratulate you on the start of the show first of all because it actually yeah. worked for once. Yeah, it, it, yeah it, was, it, it was good. There was no static. Um, <laughs> Controversially, I think we should drop Jedi. I think Jedi's a liability. Really? I think, you're, you're, you just I think he's, there's so many misplaced passes against cut a better off. team. Cut him off, Mikey. Cut him off. <laughs> Don't just cut him off. Cut things off of him. No, um, I'll tell you no, what. No, I, I agree he wins lots of headers, but he's making too many bad passes. Ooh. And another team would would crucify us. Imagine he did that against Chelsea. Um, I, I tell you what, Nick, right, it's, it's, you are, to a degree, it's like you're a little bit psychic. It's a discussion I wanted to have. Uh, I had noticed, uh, it's not just you who said this, and I don't think, to be honest, I don't think many people have said to drop Jedinak. I don't, I don't think that's what's come up. But a lot of people have said he was worthy of criticism uh, yesterday and, and in previous games. And he's not been at his best. And it, the, the main crux of the criticism is his distribution. His long passing is... is pretty good but it's the short passes he seems a little bit lazy with a few um you know just tries to lay it off a little bit you know left right mm. and center, but it's just giving it away too much and um, I, I don't think any players above criticism but do you not think that the everything else that he brings to the side and you know the energy the tackling the just the harassing of opposition players do you not think that that's vital for me for me it's the most vital thing in our side yeah but the the giving the ball away is the biggest liability in our side. So it's, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword with him. Stick, stick um, Ledley there, stick Parr at right back and see how it goes. Really? Well, it's, it's a huge, huge ask. It's controversial. I'd like to know what our, what our listeners think of Nick, Nick Gillard just suggesting we drop our captain. I'm going to get Joel's view on that now. Joel? Yeah, he's not alone. What? No Who's not? I, Who's... I've been wanting, I've been wanting to say this for about three weeks now, and I just thought I'll get caned, I'll get caned, and it would, and the show would suffer for it. But now he's out. Um, I, I don't think he's, I don't think he's, uh, 
I, I, I think what they see is his, his work rate. Everything that he does outweighs he's the pros outweigh the cons but yesterday gave the ball away an awful lot he gave the ball you know as much as you want to run around and smash people up and I'm so, I'm so mixed I'm so of, of, of a mixed opinion with yeah, him because I love him if, if it isn't it, it would be my first name on a sheet every single time mm. but I, I just don't think I think him, him and him and KG do the same job and, and you well, know it's a uh, I think you've got to play either or. I don't necessarily disagree with that, but for me, Jedinak is is the heartbeat of the side, and I don't I don't argue with the fact that the Knicks pointing out there were some misplaced passes yesterday, and perhaps in the last couple of games that's been a, a feature of his play. But at the same time, I think he the way we play, he is absolutely intrinsic to everything that we do. I don't think I just don't think you can you could take him out of the side and we'd be able to operate the way we do. We'd be we'd be able to resist the. The constant pressure from other teams. What he wins in the air is so so important, and the way just the way he organises people around him. The fact interceptions he must have so many, it's unbelievable. But yeah. I do think that maybe maybe there's a case to say that having played every minute of every Premier League game, maybe he is tired, maybe he is carrying a knock. He got kicked really early on in that game. Maybe that had an impact. Uh, last little bit while you're still on, Nick. Uh, have you changed? Yeah. Has you changed your mind after my wonderful thing I just said then? No, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, everything you say is true, but we just can't afford to give the ball all away like he's doing. And as much good as he does, I'm beginning to think the misplaced passes are beginning to outweigh that. Nick, who do you, really bring, in, do. Who do you bring in to replace somebody like, like Jednat then? Who is going to keep the ball better? Ledley. Okay, with who? Ledley with, um, oh, well, maybe just the... The, the one, maybe four, one, uh, three, two. You know, have um, the, we, 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 so, so we go out the window with everything that Pulis thinks of this structure and just go it, for it. It got, um, I don't know, I don't know, Nick, I don't know if you've noticed, but um, we've had a massive upturn in results. We won the game yesterday 3 1, uh, and we're yeah. actually playing, you know, we're doing really well. So I, I'm not sure changing it's a really good idea. We did get a resp- we've got plenty of responses in. I just yeah. want to tell you, I'll tell you about, I'll go to Tom for most of them in a second. But I want to specifically tell you before I let you go, Nick, that um, yeah. Terence from RedBlueArmy.co.uk has, sent, has said, tell Nick Gussett to lay off the, and send a picture of someone doing heroin. So, um, there you go. That's your, um, <laughs> that's your response there. <laughs> Mate, we'll, um, we'll let you go. And, um, we'll yeah, I'll go some, listen we'll, to some uh, Libertines or something, shall I? <laughs> yeah, and we'll, uh, we'll, go, we'll discuss it a little bit more when you're gone, though. Don't worry about that. All right. Cheers, Chris. Take care, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Hey, that was Nick's jingle and everything. Brilliant. Um, well, Alex, you were biting your tongue during that discussion there. Come on. Uh, um, it's just, I want to give you a quick chance before we get Tom to read out the next bits. I don't, I, don't, you know, I don't think I need to sit here and say particularly much. He's carried the side throughout last season, <laughs> this season. And you, you just have... It's so it, For me, it's so simple. Like People look at our team as an opposition and surely go, right, who's that one person that we, we need to look out for? And I genuinely believe... 
forget Jason Punchin, forget Shamak, they think about Mile Jednak because people make people make diamonds around Jednak because they can't handle him. He's over on the left, he's over on the right, he's absolutely everywhere. People are trying to run away from him and get away from him, and his presence is probably more important than whatever he does on the ball. Mm. You know, and, and if you can find me a player who can slot in next to somebody else that can that can keep the ball and intercept the ball and tackle as vigorously as he does, then then by all means do that because sure, you think he can. <laughs> who do you who do you put O'Keefe in with then? Okay, Ledley. Didn't buy him as a left back, did we? We bought Ledley. We bought Ledley as the quality in the middle. Um, so and, where's, and where's your Where's your physical presence gone then? Everything that Tony Pulis bases his side Stuart, on okay. structure. You tell me he's not, he's not got yeah, a physical I, I, presence. Yeah, I agree that he tackles, but does he have that six foot three height? Does he win absolutely every single header? Does he make, yeah, he makes big challenges, but does he constantly, throughout 90 minutes, carry a side on he's his probably, back and he's steam probably five run? teams. He's probably five teams. Mm. Right, listen, Joe. They're not going to play it, bang it in the air. I'm just saying, yeah. I'm trying to make... I'm trying to make a case for it. Yeah, he's, yeah, just... he's been. I, I agree with Nick. Yeah, no I one's beyond yeah. being dropped. No one's beyond being dropped. And the thing okay. is, can I? Uh, well, we're going to get some listeners' views before we um, before we go too far. Uh, Tom, can we get uh, just a flavour of what's been um, what's been said in response to that? Yeah, there's uh, quite some strong opinions disagreeing with uh, Nick there. Uh, King Vadabond on the uh, whole radio chat session. Remember, you can go on there at whole radio dot homestyle.net forward slash chat uh, to join the discussion said uh, Jedi is a beast defensively but yes he does make displaced passes um, we've also had uh, We Hate Brighton mention F that we ain't dropping Jedi so uh, strong views there as you said uh, Terence already thinks that uh, Nick should lay off the smack um, <laughs> Barry Barry says Stuart O'Keefe is not even in the same league as Jedi you're talking rubbish um, Joe Measure saying KG should be dropped and replaced with O'Keefe not Jedi at all uh, but yeah, so it does seem to be quite a strong set of views of people that we should uh, should be keeping Jedi on the team. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I, I think, sorry, just, just one more from uh, Jack David Maddox. He says uh, Jedi leads the team and he's fantastic captain. Take him out and we will suffer. Tom, what, what's your opinion first, and then I'll, I'll give us a sum, summing up of this. I think Jedi's been very good for us um, on the whole this season. I mean, the way he started this year was similar to how he started when he first came into the team. And um, that, that first season he joined us, we sort of took a little while to get up to speed. I must admit, from a personal point of view, yesterday was not his best game. Um, but I certainly don't think he's worth dropping on just, just that performance alone. I think he's, he's done enough in the previous matches to keep his position. Yeah. That said, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Stuart O'Keefe. And I think he should probably be playing alongside him or, or Ledley. But he, it sometimes feels that Jedi, because he's our captain and because we all had such a great view of him last year and we've had him in such high regard and we wanted him to sign the new deal, now he has. He almost feels sometimes that he's almost untouchable. And yeah. you never want to play. You never want a player to be that because if they think they can just do what they like or play in that without fear, then that's when they get complacent. Okay, cheers, Tom. Um, this, it's an interesting point you make about players being untouchable. There's an. We'll, we'll talk about Spironi a minute as well on the same subject. Um, I've noticed again being talked about on the message boards. But the thing is, it's okay to criticise Jednak. It's okay to say. He didn't have his best game. He mis- misplaced a few passes. But unfortunately for me, that ignores too much of what he's done this season. And it ignores the role that he plays in our side. And I still think yesterday we'd have been a worse, no matter who out of our squad would have been playing in his place yesterday if you chose to drop him. We would have been a worse team, in my view. It would um, demoralise the squad yeah. if he was to be dropped. I genuinely okay, believe... Okay, all right. All right, so we don't drop him. What happens if he gets injured? If, if he gets injured, then you then you again you look to the squad and you see who can play that role the best. Well, that, well, that, um, that, well that's all we're that's all we're saying. And, yeah, and the yeah. other thing as well is everyone's but, going, oh yeah, 
Spironi this round. Now we've got another goalkeeper in it. He's got yeah, competition yeah. for place. He, 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 basically, he ain't got any competition for his place in Jedi. No, I that's see. Right. No, 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 no. Joe, Joe. That's not at all what we're saying. That is not what we're saying. No one has said that Jed, there's not a player who can come in for Jednak. We're saying that there's not a player who can come in for Jednak and be an improvement on Jednak, how he's playing now, even if he's not at his best. Stuart O'Keefe is a good little player, but he has nothing like Jednak. Nothing like him. Can't get near him, in my view. He's got a long way to go. He needs, to me, he needs a season out on loan, and he'll be quality. He's not ready to be a premiership midfielder week in, week out, and carry a side like Mile Jednak does every single game. Every single game when we're up against it, who's the guy leading everyone? Who's the guy just absolutely kicking lumps and busting the gut? It's Mile Jednak. And let's not forget, he's not a, it's not a terrible passer of the ball. He's having a bit of a mare, and a lot of it comes from the fact that Look, there's two two people make a pass. There's a the, re- the recipient is, that plays a role in it as well. If people aren't in good positions to receive a ball, you know his options are limited. Yes, he has been a little bit weak in, at times, but also he's not had a great deal of options and movement around him when we're sitting deep. I think right, could- I, I understand. I understand Nick coming on and saying that Nick and again Nick is to a degree is just is started a, a you know a welcome debate, but I do not. I think criticizing Jednak's performance fine. Dropping Jednak, ridiculous. No, right, I, I need to come back at you about, about about his style of play. In in the Premier League, I don't believe there is a better midfielder for breaking up play than than Jednak. I honestly don't think that. I think he is yeah. everything about his about his. It's that Aussie thing, isn't it? He just wants to get in amongst Jones and 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 give it and have it with you. But his distribution is is well. I don't want to coat you. I can't coat him. I can't turn this into a coating, a captain off. But his, his distribution is, is woeful. Listen, it's, I, 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 that's too far for me. I, I, I understand. And look, believe me, when when he puts us under pressure with a poor pass, you, you're right. If you know, if we can see the goal from that. That undoes any good that he's done in the game. If, if any player does it, if any player through a you know an individual mistake gives away a goal when effectively you, you look at our team, okay, we scored three yesterday, but generally speaking, one goal is what we score. Um, and if we give a goal away, that means we don't win a game pretty much. So I, I understand the significance of his short passing game. I completely get where you're coming from. But I think I think it's not even, to me, it's not even close. If you take away, if you take out the, the bad things that Jednat does by removing him from the squad and lose all the good that he does, I think the good isn't, it's just so much beyond the bad. It's unbelievable. That's I what think, I said. The, yeah. the pros outweigh the cons. They, they do. And, that, and that's what I think has got people, well, it's only got a few people rolled on Twitter. And I, I you know, I, I don't think that anyone's uncomfortable, but I, I do think at the moment it, it's, it's stupid to, to even think that way. It's, I, I, I hope Jednak's, distribution uh, improves in the next few games and like I say it's not been poor all season just probably the last few games a uh, few matches he's struggled a little bit and look I mean we'll leave people that there have been we'll... behind the scenes people have been saying behind the scenes yeah, yeah. all season that his, that his distribution is not brilliant but mm-hmm. but like we said it's, it, it's not turning us into beat him up no. in case he wants to beat us up in the car park <laughs> after a game oh, or something yeah. um, it's so no, much but... more than just his distribution though it's so much more yeah, than that him, yeah if you have someone alongside him who can who can pick up the ball and make a good pass, I don't necessarily believe it matters what he does on the ball. It's that's, what pres- that's what we've been saying all along. That's what we've been saying all along, which is why he and KG... KG doesn't offer enough. He doesn't offer enough, not at this level. That's why, it, it, obviously, the nature, he must have bought Ledley in 
to to be taking KG's place. He must be. Yeah, of course well, he has. Because yeah, you don't you don't you don't buy a, like someone said earlier. You don't buy a champion, a experienced Champions League player, albeit for Celtic, to play him left back, do you? You bring him in because you want to play him. You want to play him centre midfield, and I do believe he'll be in that position. But he's got currently a structure in midfield of KG and Jednak which he doesn't want to break easily yeah listen we've we've everyone's put their, their views across um obviously everyone can make up their own mind we might come back to this so I, I do want to end it with a really good point from uh, from Terence who said that uh, back end of the 2011-12 uh, season was the last time Jednak was out for a long period in that time we won one game in 11 um well, you know that's I'm not saying that's the whole story, but to me, we would be a much weaker team without Jednak. And I, but I welcome the debate. It was an interesting one, um, and we'll probably have a similar one on Speroni in a moment. Um, but let's uh, let's pick up on a few things. I did very very quickly mention Scott Dan, um, who had an interesting debut, uh, but I thought looked, looked quite solid. And it's going to take him time to to build up a partnership with Damien Delaney. Damien Delaney, I thought, was absolutely excellent. Um, the, the flow of the match, we were, we were really good in that first half. We started quite quickly. West Brom didn't settle and, and we took full advantage of that. The finish from the, for the goal from Ince was absolutely top class, um, lifting it over the keeper. It's the only way he could have scored from that position. Uh, good to see Balassi involved in the build-up and again, um, it was all made mainly about Shamak actually winning a header, getting it down to Balassi and, you know, the, and the ball finding, f- uh, going through to Ince, which, you know, great stuff. Uh, the, the second goal, fantastic delivery from the corner. I've used the word fantastic, God damn it. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, uh, we do have a caller. I, no, I've really got to move us on. We'll come back. Just try again in the next sort of five minutes, uh, caller, and I'll, I'll take that. Um, yeah. yeah, sorry, the second the second goal, great corner from Ince. Fantastic header. Uh, I did it again. <laughs> and uh, Joe Ledley's just smashed it in. Got away from his marker, which I think was Billy Jones. Just didn't stay with him and, and took full advantage. Uh, and that's an interesting one. Ledley, Ledley basically being a left-back. You don't, generally speaking, get a left-back scoring from a header in the in the six-yard box, pretty much. Uh, so that's something that he adds to the um, to the side, uh, and possibly the reason he wasn't picked up as well. So that that was all going so well. Got through to half time, nice and comfortable. So what happened to the start of the start of the uh, second half? Then that's concentration level. It's not. I think apparently it's the ninth time we've conceded this season in the first five minutes of the second half. Um, they bought on Speedy Gonzalez, didn't they? They did, yeah, yeah. Fevey, or whatever his name is, and Tom needs to hit that keyboard a bit harder. Yeah, yeah, um, he unmuted at some point and yeah, just started smashing the keyboard again. I think um, he's, he scored fifteen. I think he scored fifteen goals last season, didn't he? That, um, yeah, I mean, he is unbelievably quick, tricky, tiny. His low centre of gravity, spun on a sixpence, and what a finish! So I yeah. don't know. Jules didn't know he was going to shoot from there, did he? I mean, I know he should be expecting it, but. Mm. Well, that's that's the point of the point of debate. Then let's let's get into that. Then uh, so looking around of, of some opinions, just as I'm thinking about the show, uh, reading BBS and Hull, uh, interested to see so many people, and it is really is a, a divide between people who say that um, the shot was very. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Very close range, hit out with absolutely blistering pace, and was past Baroni before he could react with his hand. Uh, and people saying, basic level goalkeeping, you don't get beat at your near post. Oh, that's um, so boring. It's so boring. <laughs> it is a, it's a, to me, it's, I have to admit, it's a, I think it's a lazy criticism. I think when you, when you categorise a goal as oh, that's at the near post, that's at the far post, and that's as much as you think about it, I think you, you're just asking for your argument to be ripped to pieces. Because a shot to the near post isn't always... A keeper doesn't cover... When you say a keeper covers a near post, he can only cover a certain amount of space. And if that shot is hit past him before he can react to it, you know, there's, there's what, probably... It's probably much less chance of scoring at the near post than there is scoring at the far post, but there's still a chance. You hit the shot right, you hit it at the right time, you hit it early from close range. Keeper, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good a keeper he is. He's not going to stop it. And I think it's emphasised by the, the two saves that he made like a little bit like, shortly afterwards. One from Morrison that he, that he tipped over from long range. And then the one from pretty much six yards out. And just how he got down so low and held the, held the ball... Uh, I think Chris Kamara was at the game and on goals on Sunday called it a world-class save. So is there any debate, Joe, to be had about Spironi being beaten at his near post and Hennessy being there and putting pressure? Should he be picked? Blah, 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 blah. What do you think? No, I'd love to see him put a speed gun on that shot. I mean, that was absolutely... He nailed that. No matter where he's from. You know, uh, um, but... It, you know, it, and then he makes two saves. I mean, the, the, the first one, the screamer from Hennessy, to be honest with you, um, meat and drink for him, you know, he stretched his arms. It wasn't, it was a good save. Mm. Um, but the one after from Sinclair, uh, you can almost say it was a weldy. I mean, had he hit it anywhere else, it's a goal. Left, left of him, right of him, it's a goal. But he hit it straight, you know, he hit it hard. He, he, it doesn't matter. He saved it. He did his. He did his job, and this is what we were saying before. You know, everyone. He has had his critics, me included, this season. But and again, I just alluded to it. It, it, it was week in, week out now because it, it, it's starting to get. You know, people are starting to uh, to talk now, especially now. Hennessy has turned up as well. Um, he's, he's growing into it. He just seems to get better and better. You know, he's. Uh, mm. he, he, he was. He was very good. He was very good, yeah. you know. And again, with 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 the with the Premiership class in coaching that's come, and advice that's being given to him, you know, he comes across as he doesn't he doesn't flap anymore. He comes through it, you know. He's where he used to go over, and it, and then you know he he lays on the floor. It gives you five seconds now. You watch him; he's very deliberate in his thinking now. You can see he's just been coached in a completely mm. different. It's a different level. He's moved yes, up. He's yes, yes, yeah. But listen, yeah, not, until it yeah. until he has a howl or, or or he makes you know a howl or he's injured or or you know I can't see I can't see Hennessy getting in on the you know on merit. Jules is he's there. Can't can't deny him that. You know we're we're fourteenth in the Premier League. Can't mm-hmm. you know we were bottom. You know the fallen keeper. He should be yeah. on the coach. Sorry, I've been really massively distracted by the fact that Tom uh, Tom used the word scapegoat on Twitter. <laughs> I'm just traumatised by it, really. <laughs> I mean, 
I mean, what do I do? I do I draw attention to it now or? Um, yeah. Oh, there you go. It was just. It's actually yeah, autocorrect. There you go. So yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've all heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, it's, let's not make anyone an escaped goat. But um, <laughs> look, I mean, Alex, let's let's try and sort of play a little bit of devil's advocate here. I mean, Spironi has well. Pudis made the point that, that Hennessy has been brought up, brought in initially as backup to Speroni and that he wants Speroni to remain and be the experienced keeper. But as pointed out, heading into his mid-30s, we've talked about George before and how much he's revered. And, but we've just had quite a long debate on whether or not people, the Palace fans, rightly love and respect or are worthy of criticism. Um, is this one of those occasions? I don't. I don't believe anyone can say anything against Julian Sproni. I don't care. I know people say, "Oh, you, you can't merit people places, and you can't guarantee anyone a spot." But I'll guarantee him a spot every week. I don't care. What you know? What's the point? It, it proves in this match that you know people can say, "Oh, oh maybe, maybe he shouldn't have been beaten at his near post," but he's pulled off two saves that have, that have won us the game. Because that goes to all if he lets that shot in from Sinclair, and it's game on, isn't it? What yeah. you know? What's the point? Of me, us standing here and criticising the man that's been at this club for what? How many years now? Nearly ten, is it going to be? Yeah, and, yeah and season on season, proven why, why, why he is such a fantastic goalkeeper and should have been playing it still for a long time. I agree, and I can understand why Tony Pulis has bought in Hennessy because it's competition for places. Do. Price and Alexander offer satisfying enough uh, backup? No, no, they don't because they're not anywhere near this level. Will Hennessy be one day? Maybe, but at the end of the day, Sproni is coming to coming to mid thirties, and a key part that is so reliant on being springy and being and being quick, you do lose that. You do lose that at a certain age. You look at Brad Friedel, he'll go on forever because he's massive, he's a giant, he takes up the whole goal. But somebody like Sperona, who's never commanded his area well, but is improving, you've got to give him that, he, he will begin to lose that. And, and I don't want to see that happen, but maybe it has done over the last few years. And you think about the way we play, we play so narrow, we allow so many crosses into the box that we, we need a goalkeeper to come and collect the ball. And you can completely understand why Wayne Hennessy has been brought in. And mm. I think next season you might see him start. Yeah, I, I mean, I personally hope it's not, not that soon. And I really do take Joel's point, and it's a good one, that, that I think you've seen a real change in Julian Speroni over the course of this Premiership season. And uh, if anything, he's probably a better keeper now than he than, I, than he's ever been at Palace. He looks sort of leaner and, and quicker. His reactions are still absolutely top class. Hi, Tom. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he's going to punch me when he next season. Um, yeah, but I, I really do think there's been an improvement. But I think we do also do have to accept that you know, there will be times we've criticised. But I do think that yesterday wasn't one of those times. I don't think that he could have done anything about that near post shot from the way it happened. It was just, it was a well-worked goal. Um, but, I mean, the point was we were caught cold. We really were. We were caught cold at the start of the second half again. And to me, that's something we've really got to look at. If you're going to sort of nitpick over a win, which we're very much doing, we, you know, we'll get to the celebratory stuff in a minute. But if you're going to nitpick over it and look at what has actually gone wrong, we, we are conceding goals early in the second half too often. Um, and if, if well, if memory serves me right, a lot of the time it's after we've had a pretty decent first half. You always will get a response from the opposition. But I feel that our squad is almost anticipating that response and kind of almost giving, giving too much ground to it. And almost, in a way, it becomes self-fulfilling. You know, the manager says, 
they're going to come at you this second half. They're going to get a rocket up their ass because they've played so poorly first off. I mean, Tottenham's the one that springs out and probably Stoke away as well earlier in the season under Holloway. Arsenal. Uh, they, they're Arsenal as well, yep. yep. All of those, those are all games where we've done really, really well. I mean, Tottenham was the worst for me because we played so well as an attacking force in that half as well. And we're just really unlucky to go in level and not, not be up. And then to, well, we were just blown away in the second half. And I don't, I don't like to see that, really. And it's, it's a worry for me. And I, I think now we've got a bit more quality in the squad, there's less of an excuse for it to happen. Um, and I really hope it's something we do look at. I can't really think of an honest reason why. Anyway, Tom, have you got some, uh, some stuff for me, please? Yeah, uh, we had a bit of chat about the uh, the goal from West Brom and whether uh, we think Jules was at fault or not. Uh, let's just have a look here. Um, Chris Allen says he thinks that Jules is quality. Oh, no, sorry, that's, that's just commented earlier. Uh, <laughs> let's go. It's all right. Just Phil, I'll, I'll, while you're, while you're Yeah, no, so, um, so uh, Tom, Tommy Reynolds said uh, Jules should have done better, but agrees that the save after that was world-class. Pally should... Paz legend and he should be stuck with. Uh, Matt Albert Kelly, uh, Matt, producer Matthew, uh, from Hull Radio thinks that we should lay off the half-time bong. Uh, that's probably what's causing <laughs> causing Palace's slump in the second half. Uh, I think he's yeah. subject there. And uh, there's, yeah, there's just a couple of comments like that. Yeah, um, hmm, we've just got a question in there as well. There's probably the same thing that distracted you. But um, yeah, Joe, you sort of said me in the chat. Did you get to make a point or have you got something else to add? No, I just I just want to go back to the Hennessy uh, Spironi brigade uh, or, or the debate. Sorry, um, I mean he's what five foot eighteen. Um, I, I don't think he'd have he'd have uh, got older that 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 ball. And the other thing about Hennessy as well, being so tall, I think he would have struggled to get down that quick and uh, mm. that uh, to to to, uh, to that well, almost welded that he pulled off. So pros and cons of having. Someone who's massive and someone who's not so massive. Um, and he's still agile enough to get down here, proved his own point, doesn't he? So. Um, Tom, yeah. just to stop you typing, do come in on that. No, I was just going to say that I, I agree with what you were saying earlier, Chris. Um, I think uh, Jules has reinvented himself under Pulis, but it's not the first time. I mean, he did it under Warnock. Um, he did it to an extent under uh, Dougie when, when mm. he came in. And, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's been adapting the whole time he's been there. He's sort of changed to play the way the manager wants him and I, I don't think that's it's, it's not going to phase him playing in a slightly different style now um, so I, I think he's going to be yeah. number one for the foreseeable future yeah totally and, and I, I do think uh, again just just to agree with yourself Joe I think there's a case to say that however good Hennessy is as a goalkeeper he's going to struggle to get down to I think most keepers would struggle to get down to the shot of the jaw safe I think a few might have got a hand to it but to actually get you know, actually keep it as well such an important such an important time and it's it's the same as a goal it really is the same as a goal um so i mean in a way it deserved a celebration the same so yeah i say nothing nothing for me to, for, to criticize julius baroni for at all yesterday and that kind of brings us neatly on to whether or not um well who we thought was the man of the match um i've got i'm gonna i'm gonna stick my uh, cards on the table straight away um, I thought there were some fantastic performances. I thought, oh, I've used the word fantastic again. Mikey's going to clip this so much and just add to that stupid song that he made. And it's going to be about 15 minutes long. <sighs> um, right. Damien Delaney was excellent. I thought Jason Punchin had a fantastic <laughs> first half. And, um, and Thomas Ince had a really, really good 90 minutes. But for me, Maran Chamak was just superb. I just can't get over how good a player he is. Um, he's starting to 
make a mockery of all the, the sort of abuse he was getting earlier on in the season when we signed him and not not really from Palace fans. I think we were sort of happy to give him a chance, but I mean, we I'm sure you guys all got people supporting other teams mocking us for for signing him. And I mean, what a player! What an absolute player he really is, Alex. There's a reason that that people like Arsene Wenger sign players like Marouane Schmidt. They can clearly see something, and I believe we're beginning to see that. It's so frustrating to watch him get the ball on the edge of the box and not shoot. That's the diff. That's the difference, isn't it, between him playing at this level and playing in the top four, the top five, the top six, because he he does everything when he's on the ball. And you know, I never thought that Marion Shawak would be a player that that when he's on the ball will beat players, drop his shoulder, uh, and and make people look a mess. And he actually does. And he's he's so talently gifted that people don't realise. But he's just not a natural goal scorer. And but I believe if you have the right people around him, Shamak, Balassi, Ince, to chip in with the goals, then, then then his role almost becomes more free than it actually was with Jerome yeah. with him. He's got a, I mean, he's a different player, though, under Tony Pulis, isn't he? He's, he's not asked, really, to score the goals. He's being asked to create. He's being asked to, to link that entire front four together. And to see the way he did that with the, with the, you know, with the setup we had yesterday, it was just absolutely unbelievable. I can't... I mean, the defenders must be still having nightmares because he he was just his work rate as well is just out of this world. But now the touch, the confidence has come back, and the only like you say, the only thing it lacks really is the shot when he has a chance because he won't shoot unless he's sure he's going to score. He really won't. It's, it's weird, I, isn't it? Because you think yeah. you think a, a striker in the Premier League every time he gets the ball, I believe should be shooting. And I, to be honest, if he hits the top of the homestand, I can give a crap. I don't care. Just Put your laces through it, son. You know, confidence. Let's have a go. Yeah, he's, but for, for me, he's always thinking what's the best option, and it's great to have a player with that level in, of intelligence. But I just want, I just want a bit more confidence for him. But I think it's improving game by game, um, and the touch. I just, in terms of technical ability, I'm, I have to rein myself in a little bit because otherwise, I start saying stuff that people will probably ridicule me for. But I don't know of too many I've known, I've seen in my time supporting the club in terms of just raw technical ability. I mean, Lombardo was a better player, but then I start to struggle as players. And just, just in their touch and their awareness and you know the way they play the game. And he is up just up there with the very best I've seen in a Palace shirt. And it he took the penalty like... as well, though, didn't he? He took the penalty, mm. stood up and had the confidence to do that, which he didn't do four or and, five weeks ago when, yeah. when Punchin took that one at Norwich. Do you remember? Yeah. Cause he said, think, yeah, it's only because... Everyone in the top tier of the Homesdale shit themselves. <laughs> yeah, they've <laughs> all got their helmets out. Yeah, steady. I don't remember that. Um, <laughs> but, um, well, just disturbing image. Oh, I'm such a child. But um, no, I mean, I mean, I don't think it ever entered into his mind that that he was going to be the penalty taker before. I think that obviously the punch and miss has, has played a part, and he suddenly thought, well, hang on, hang on, if we do get a penalty, if it comes up, I will take it. If we haven't got a set penalty taker. And it's one of the best penalties I've seen for a while as well. It just, you know, nonchalantly stroked it into the corner. It was, it was fantastic. Loved it. Oh, said fantastic. Again. Fantastic. You have to get like a beeper that every time I say it, it's got to stop me. I'll do it from uh, you. Yeah, if you can, mate, that'd be appreciated. I knew you said that would be. Anyway. We need cowbells. <laughs> yeah, not cowbells again. God. Um, <laughs> Joe, who was your man of the match? Uh, oh God! It, uh, it, 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 I think it'd be unfair just to pick one one person out. 
I mean, the outstanding display, obviously, yeah, for me, Ince, I would say. Um, but then Delaney was just rock, you know, his usual rock. Wald, just really good. Shamak held everything up, brilliant. Jedi smashed everyone up as per. Uh, everyone was on their game. It'd be, uh, you know, it was a, it was a Jules. You know, it was. Everyone was good. Everyone was good. Uh, if we're looking for extraordinary in a Palace shirt, then it is it, I'd flip a coin for Ince and Delaney. Yeah. You look at the, you look at that player that makes that cutting edge difference, don't you? Between us drawing that match and winning that match, and I genuinely well, believe Tom Ince was that. He's got that pace as well, and he? he's got his deceptive. You know, to run to run through. I think the referee was just about to blow up. Saw the referee see the run. Uh, yeah, the pace, the pace and power he actually possesses. When I when I heard he was playing in the ten, I don't remember him being that being that that uh, bulky and big when when he was at Selhurst last year. Oh, oh yeah, I do. He, he runs back. Yeah, yeah, he runs But I don't remember him being having that physical presence that he actually had. That, that he had. Yeah, but, he's a, he's an, but it's another year, isn't it? It's another yeah, year exactly. on his career. Another year down a gym. Another year being more intelligent. You know, it, it, another year. Next this time next year, I hope he's wearing a Palace shirt. You know, be a a ten million pound player. Um, it's not. It's not beyond the realms of possibility that he would would uh, be wearing a Paris shirt. I don't think. I was going to say those absolute exact words that you've just said, <laughs> and it, it's now just been said that that he, you know, that he isn't going to do a tax haven. No, I, I think there's a genuine chance if he really enjoys himself, like, and yeah. and he he started well. He started in the right way. Um, We've got a good selling point that this, that he's playing football in a positive, encouraging atmosphere um, that you won't get in many other grounds in the Premier League. Can, can, I, can I just can I just yeah. state the fact that I was slaughtered a little while back by my own presenters about <laughs> paying about paying huge money for players, yeah. about paying huge salaries. Oh, here we go. Well, we have given get your calculator out, sunshine. Fifteen games, one million pound divided by. 15 games is 66,666 pounds and 66 pence <laughs> per curb. That is Brilliant. what we have. Gel rant alert. Gel rant alert. <laughs> not, a rant, not a rant at all, just trying to put my point across that people were saying uh, we would uh, never ever pay that amount of money and we're paying him or we've paid Blackpool 66 or 67 grand a game for him. Um, yeah, you can add Dobby's wages to that if you like as well, mate, because obviously we sent Dobby there on loan as well. Exactly. But, but no, look, I think it's, that's a very... Uh, bearing in mind, I didn't disagree with a short-term thing. What the problem I had was was the, the suggestion of playing of paying obscene money to a player on a long contract. Um, what I didn't have a problem with was a short-term gamble. And when The player we were talking about at the time was Jermaine Defoe. Um, and I would never have had a problem with that on a on a on a you know on a little bit of, for a little bit of time, and I think that's I think I said that exact same thing. So there is a world of difference between signing players for a fee and then paying them huge money to to. Um, <laughs> I just got distracted by an instruction from the producer. Always happens. Damn it! Um, no, there's a huge difference between between the two things. Is what I'm trying to say. And I think I think basically <laughs> signing, signing Tom Ince on loan. Bearing in mind that we went for Ince, uh, it was it was a deal. Obviously, Steve told us that it was a deal that was in the running for quite a long period of time. But we also we were we were trying to get Wilfred Zaha back, 
Um, and I don't think well, both, both deals... Yeah, we were, yeah. And I don't think that both deals would have happened. Um, so, on that side of things, who's, who's the better deal? Ah, oh. uh, yeah, why would I bring that up now? Minute to nine. Good, so, bring it up. That's fine. Uh, I do, I, and I only bring it up because it's being discussed on, um, on the message boards. It's, obviously, it's a natural thing to perhaps do. Um, but... Uh, we're not going to dwell on it for ages either, because not only do we not have time, but I don't think there's a huge amount to say on it, um, because there's a degree of moving on that has to happen, and I know Jill's very much of that opinion, and that's the, you know, Wilfred Zaha is now a Man United player on loan to Cardiff. Uh, it's great to follow a career of a player that's come through a palace. We did try and get him back, and I suppose that's that's where I want to talk about. We've got Thomas in, we've seen him for only, only for 90 minutes, but he had a, an assist and a goal within, what, 25 minutes of his debut? Uh, end product Ince gives end product um, I'll tell you what I'll start us off by giving you my view I think that in terms of footballing talent of ability and potential where he could go Wilfred Zaha is a better player than Thomas Ince um, I think Wilfred Zaha is just, a, is just a natural genius however if you want to talk about what, what's best for Palace I think the the loan signing of Ince beats a loan signing of Wilfred Zaha, and purely because we have Tony Pulis as a manager, and purely the way that we have to play. If anything, a division below Zaha would have been a better signing, uh, which sounds quite odd to say because Ince had end products in the division below. I just think in the Premier League, what we want, Thomas Ince had work rate. He chased down and he made tackles, and Zaha will do that, but it's almost. almost under protest, if you like. So I think Zaha will end up the better player and is, is an absolute genius. But Thomas Ince is a fantastic young player and uh, it, so good that he made me say fantastic again. Great. <clears throat> so, what do you reckon, Al? I just... I, you know what? We can't keep ruin on the past, but I believe that Wilfred Zaha is, is one of a kind and one that for a very long time this country won't see something like that again I believe there's a there's a class difference in it I, genu- I genuinely genuinely believe that Wilfred Zaha has something that no other player in the Premier League possesses and and, and I, I will put my put my head out there that that he should be on the on the plane to Brazil and he should be playing regularly for Manchester United now because he just he just has this ability to get in behind that no other player in this country can do mm. Tom Ince I believe yeah Tom Ince if as direct as we are now, Tom Ince will pick up goals, and we don't score enough goals, and that's the that's the biggest thing, though, isn't it? Is it the fact that we're not creating enough chances, or is it that we're we're not being clinical enough? And I believe that Tom Ince brings you goals and assists, where Will tends to only bring you assists. And if we're not putting away those chances every time, then then Ince, I guess, with your with your thinking cap on, is the player. But I, I do do genuinely believe that Wilfred Zaha is the biggest talent that country has right now hmm. uh jill yeah i'll just um fella called cp les jones 1970 jill talks bollocks don't know why you have him <laughs> on every week fucking hell <laughs> <laughs> how funny is that who said how that how funny is that oh i don't know some guy's called les jones uh i agree <laughs> we should invite him me too me too sounds uh, like a fucking bender anyway um, but <coughs> uh, I, I, I just I, I agree with you Alex I agree um, so we got we just got to move on you're right very, very boring very boring you're right Joe after getting that criticism you're okay 
I'll back you up. I'll back you up on that, man. You're you're here because you provide a a valued opinion, and you know you're probably the presenter we get the most complimentary uh, contact about. So that's why you're here, Joe. I think Lee. Unless Lee Lee's Jones, and he might be someone else. It could be. Mm. Not tomorrow, yeah. Mm. Yeah, Um, Tom, I was just about to. Still going to sleep tonight. Just to send you a message. All right, Joe, just relax. Just about to send you a message, but um. Come on, you've got some uh, some stuff to say. I think I we'll have some forward reviews in a bit, but but you said something about man of the match thoughts. So, yeah, yeah um, so earlier we asked on Twitter who people thought their man of the match of the game was yesterday. Uh, Jack Maddox said Delaney. Uh, There's quite a lot of votes here for Tom Ince. Uh, so we've had people like uh, Charlie Holloway say Ince. He was absolutely superb on his debut and he had a great finish for his goal. Uh, King B also believes that it was Tom Ince. It's hard to pick, but we were just about to scrape it. Um, what else we've got? Uh, we've got Red and Blue Armies. Terence says Shamak. So he's just sort of agreeing with the with the point you were making earlier about the most one of the most technical players we've seen since Lombardo. Uh, and in the chat room, we've had a few more people saying Ints as well. I think we had uh, King Vagabond saying Ints, and yeah. Oh, nice to get some uh, so much support really on that. Um, I do, yeah, I do genuinely. I, I could honestly talk about how much I rate Maran Shamak all day, but. Um, I think we'll definitely come back to that. It'll be interesting when we get towards the end of the season, we start talking about player of the year and stuff like that, because I think Delaney will be one of the favourites. But for me, I think Maran's up there with uh, probably alongside Joel Ward in, in the running for me. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll leave. We were obviously having the, the Ince versus Zaha debate. We'll, we'll leave that for now. Um, I was going to talk a little bit more in detail about sort of almost a summary so far of Tony Pulis's management but I don't think we've really got time to do that um, so I can't really do anything without mentioning the return of Glenn Murray uh, what, what I, there's, there's so much to, to sort of mention really um, but we'll, we'll try and restrict it to a three sort of basic areas obviously how great it was the reception he got was um, how he played and, and obviously how quick he's come back I mean it was a surprise to see him on the bench do you reckon Alex? I, was, I mean, obviously it had been talked about during the week, but for it actually happening, I have to say I was shocked. And shocked that he got on the pitch. <laughs> yeah, good point, Alex. Joe, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really, really pleased. I'd, um, we'd, I'd heard a, little, a few rumours that he was going to be, about, about a month ago, that he was going to be ready February anyway. Um, uh, so I'm really, really pleased. I'm so pleased. And... You know, Steve Parrish tweeted that he was he was happy with you know really really happy with the, the reception that he got and yeah it just it, it's like like we said before it's like having a new player back in it that's why we never bought a striker because we've got a, you know someone who scored thirty goals in the championship to come back and he halfway for a season you know he's, he's he must be buzzing he must be just you know he must be on top of the world knowing that he's played. You know, he's played a little bit of time. He's had his game time. He's, you know, he's obviously been playing the, the full contact, getting kicked and, and doing his turns and sprints and, and everything's good. You know, I've been had bad football injuries myself when I was younger. The last thing you want is just to hurt yourself straight away. And I'm so pleased for him. I'm so pleased for him. Yeah, the I only mean, thing he did top it off was a goal. Yeah, exactly. But he's, he's looked, he looked every bit the player he was, didn't he, with the, with the touches and um, just just holding up the line. It was a interesting point in the game as well. Obviously, we'd lost a little bit of rhythm because because of the substitutions. But I mean, first of all, I've never heard a reception like that for anyone. <laughs> I really no. just the whole ground just went 
I mean, it was it was louder than when you score a goal just to get Glenn on the pitch, and I'm sure he really appreciated it as, as well as you know being noted by the man, the, the chairman and things. It was a real spine tingling moment, wasn't it, Alex? Do you know what? I, I genuinely, I, I seem to come on here and confess my love for Glenn Murray every week, <laughs> and genuinely, I had a tear in my eye because it was just, it was oh, such a pleasure to see Glenn back on the pitch. Morning. It was just, it, it was just fantastic. It was amazing. I can't. My dad looked at me and said, "Your face. If you could see your face right now, it's like you just had the best Christmas present ever." It was just, it was unbelievable. The reception, everything. And I tell you what, though, every time Ince or somebody on the wing picked up the ball, Glenn Murray would sprint to the six-yard box straight away. And how many times have we missed that this season? How many times? But that's, but that's what he gives you, doesn't he? He is that he gets in front of the defender. He is. He's just that he. He's not pick it up for on the halfway line and try and run like Shemak did when he went for the penalty. You know, he, he hasn't got any pace, Murray. He'd be the first to tell you he hasn't got pace. But what he has got is nous in the box, picking out a position. And that's what's just going to be, you know, how many times have we had crosses and no one's been in there? He'll be in there. He will, yeah. Yeah. Uh, people, uh, myself included, to a point worried he might be a little bit too similar to, to Maro and Shemak in the way that they play. But I, I think now we've got Ince. And that sort of just absolute out and out pace. Um, oh, I, need to, well I like, need to sit down at the thought of Vincent Murray. Yeah, just think, <laughs> that's a definite another clip there for next week. <laughs> Play, um, oh God, I was going to make it worse by saying playing yeah. together, but that in yeah. the same playing in the same squad. Yeah, it yeah. would just. <laughs> oh, but, um, don't, know. don't worry, don't Alex. Know. It's fine. It's fine. But it was. I honestly, I it. If Glenn Murray gets back to the to level he was, then yeah, it, we're, we're we look a really really strong side all of a sudden. Um, the goals, the goals will come. I think. I mean, once once you've got, I mean, Tom Ince has already shown he's a real goal threat, and not just with the goal he scored. He had a two two or three other good opportunities just by running in behind and taking a gamble. And we haven't really had an awful lot of that from from the players just in behind. I mean, Schmack very rarely ran beyond Cameron Jerome, so it's it, it's. And you know when Jerome did run beyond, did usually shin it somewhere. So we we look a lot more dangerous. It's really really good to see. But let's you know I mean I mean Glenn Murray coming back. It's what we talked about on transfer deadline deadline day. It is effectively a new signing, and it is the new signing of buying the top scorer from the championship last season. And, and Jerome Thomas. Yeah yeah this, yeah again I'd honestly near enough forgotten he existed. Um, he on his thing. day, on his day, he's a really good, strong player. And that you, I mean, left-footed winger. He, well, I think you know, he's a right-footed left winger, isn't he? Not a left-footed right wing. I don't know. One of those two things. But good quality wide player. You, you can't have too many of those. And you know, we might need the if if Balassi loses any form or gets injured or Punchin gets injured or you know returns to the to the bad displays i do want to mention again i thought he was really really good for for about an hour uh and i think probably harshly taken off but in the end it was for glenn murray so we'll forgive it but can you see my point about him though chris about Mm -hmm. him about him getting more and more into the game whereas when when he when we first had him we was getting five minutes and now you've noticed now you've got an hour out of him yeah, no, you're you're absolutely bang on, and I, th- I again to back up your point, Tony Pulis was when he signed him for signed him permanently was talking about you do get that. He says you sort of do get that from Punch, and he will go he will go missing in games. He will get sloppy at times, 
um, and he's trying to coach that out of him and it, it's working I mean it's all working but you can see that it's because we've got a team unit and it's really nice to see the other um, it's really nice to see that the, the other players being so happy for Glenn as well see Punch and giving him a massive hug before he ran on the pitch and I just think everything's sort of coming together at the right time for us it really does that fit. spirit's back though isn't it it that is spirit yeah. that we yeah, lacked at the start of the season yeah. it's a unity yeah, yeah. now isn't it yeah, because they, you know what it is? They've all bought into the club. The players have bought into the club. That huge intake we had mm. must have been really, really strange. And then getting rid of some of our other players that we, you know, we all loved. And, and, and again, I think what's going to happen, you know, when we stay up this year, the, the sentiment side, you know, we're going to have to lose that. And we will be saying goodbye to some, some of our, you know, some of our much-loved players. I can see it. See but I hope, hopefully not too many at the same time because I think that was again that's the problem. <coughs> you can accept maybe others having yeah, to move is, for the betterment but, of their but, career, but yeah, I, I can see. Well, I, I know exactly what you're saying, but uh, you know, I, I think that by by bringing in another goalkeeper, we we've now got our quota of goalkeepers. We don't need any more defenders. We really don't need any more midfielders. In, in all honesty, unless we can, unless someone comes up so cheap or on a you know on a, on a deal that that we can. You know, maybe we could be looking at someone in the last two years of their career that just fancy. You know, I, I, I always, always thought that Ashley Cole would come back with us. I really did. Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. Can't get a Chelsea team. Does he want to sit on his contract, leave for a free? Where does he want to go? Come back to Palace. Yeah, he, he sort of mentioned it in passing not that long ago. I don't know how much. It was a bit tongue-in-cheek, I think, at the time. He can't be for the cash. No, be for he, the cash he said we were the best, best fans he played under. Yeah, whatever you think of him, he's, all, he's, all, he's always been he's always been really nice about Palace whenever he's talked about him. It's the one redeeming thing about him. <laughs> but um, uh, okay, let's. I mean, obviously, yeah, we get we get sort of dragged away from the point. Uh, Tom, you got got some four word reviews for me? Just to pick the selection of your favourites. Yeah, we had uh, quite a few four word reviews today. Uh, Darren Chandler said Muzz's reception gave goosebumps. Dave Cranfield said three more valuable points. Uh, Gareth Jones said Holloway was an idiot, so obviously much more happy with Pulis in charge. Uh, Matt Smith backs up with great transfers by Pulis, and uh, Alex Butterfield was simply feeling glad all over. Um, brilliant, thanks for those. Uh, yeah, uh, again, a lot of positivity after the game, and like I said, the interesting thing for me is it wasn't wasn't one of the best performances we've ever had, but I I still didn't ever feel that I was in a ever in a doubt really that we were. Um, but we need to grow okay. into the Premiership. We need to grow no. into it, don't we? We've come up mm. from being a hoofball Championship side to to to, to, to a team that's you know, a mediocre team that is hoping to finish well mid table now. Um, but we're passing the ball, and and, and this is what's going to happen. We, you know, with the, with the players, the quality of the players, you know, you're going to get people like Ledley coming in, going, "Hang on a minute, I'm six years at Selwick, and I ain't coming down here to play hoofball. I want to play football." And he will be at his he's. Just his ex- his match experience and his his presence is going to be huge. It's going to be huge for Jedi, massive for Jedi. When he eventually gets up next to him, he, he, Jedi cannot be failed to be talking to that man and asking him about about you know just just about his life's experiences. It, mm. it, it's it, everything bodes well for us. We stay up and and we become we just become a, a better football inside. Um, you know, as fans, we can take we take care of that that side of ourselves. The chairman takes care of the, care of the numbers, and Pulis takes care of the football. You know, it's yeah. just uh, starts to starts to get exciting for us. Yeah, absolutely. I, for the probably for the first time in a long, long time, 
uh, well, not in a long, long time. First time this season, really. I, after the game, I felt I felt that I was actually enjoying it again, properly. And I don't, I haven't really been enjoying the, the journey so far. It just felt, I'd always, I I'd resented the Premiership for the entire season because well, we all it, did. Yeah, but now I'm, did, it's not. It's, I'm not saying I still don't value certain things, and I, I don't hate certain things about the Premier League. I do hate certain things about the Premier League, uh, but now it just feels that we've been been around long enough. It, people have noticed that. We're not. We're now not getting mocked for you know the, the people aren't going. Oh, look at the little ultras jumping around and mocking Palace fans. They're now going. Oh, yeah, they are having much more fun than us. It is much better the way they're doing things. And I like that. I like that there's a concession there. I like that because we're performing better under Pudis, there is more of a concession in the media to give us praise. And other and other people that I meet aren't going. Oh, you're a Palace fan. Oh, you're going to lose next week. They're not doing it anymore. And it feels. Yeah, well, and I. I and I feel I feel like it's less, less we're less disrespected now, and it makes yeah, it a lot easier to enjoy it. We're not going to be the escaped goat, are we? Now, <laughs> no, we're not going to be the escaped goat. No. <laughs> um, oh, all right, we'll we'll leave that there. Tom, Tom, I'm sure was angry about that. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. It's Joe. Joe did it that time. Um, right. Okay. A few. We've got a couple of emails I want to get to before we end this show. Oh, I nearly gave away a drunk. No, it wasn't. It was just I was just doing an impression of him. I don't I don't know where he is. I haven't seen him for weeks now. It's, um, he's been busy on Murray and should Jerome getting. Well, have you noticed he's managed to get the entire team fit? I think, so, I think he's burnt out, mate. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. He's probably just a bit tired. Maybe we'll hear from him again in the future. I don't I don't know. Um, just to yeah, pick up a couple of emails. First one's from Brendan, who I bumped into after the whole game. It was good to meet you, Brendan. Um, just telling a little, this little story from Brendan, really, and it leads us into a little question for you, the listeners. <clears throat> Uh, he says myself my son David uh, soon to be his wife Emma uh, along with his wife Sharon went to the Hull game last Tuesday after the game they stayed in a hotel near East Croydon the Croydon Park which he recommends highly uh, he says there are a few Palace fans stopping over they got chatting in the hotel bar and uh, one of the guys there saw his first Palace match in 1937 which was uh, just uh, when you were 10 weren't you Joe um <clears throat> Uh, and he pointed out that he lives down in the West Country, he's got a season ticket and rarely misses a home game. Uh, and he wanted, to, he wanted to get his name because he wanted to mention it, unfortunately he didn't. But, um, but he says it makes uh, his 1957 for his first game look a bit feeble. And our question to you, the listeners, is there anyone listening or anyone you're aware of whose first Palace match was before the year of 1937? Mm. Let us know, it'd be great. Find out how many there are. Just unbelievable. Though. 1937, Joe, do you remember it? No. No? no. The, uh, do you remember when the talkies came in? They were good, weren't they? Mm. It used to be fun. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> you mock me because of uh, my age. I just want to... Um, a twinkle in my old man's ball bag in 1937, I'm afraid. Anyway. Does he remember that game, though? That's the other um, thing as well. I, I, I don't know, unfortunately, because of the way it was in an email, I can't converse with it you know um <laughs> next email was uh just it's not really an email really it's just a, a nice to mention i want to thank um i'll actually take a bit of time to thank some other people as well but i want to thank uh paul who's also known as slough eagle of bbs gave us a very generous donation this week and um you can obviously donate to the running the show and it really does help it's helped immensely this season um, thank you paul in, in the and uh and you can donate by clicking on our donate buttons on holradio.net um yeah, honestly, you've got no idea how much it helps. I also want to make mention of, of Dave Smith, who's known as Slovenia Dave on uh, Homestale.net, who, who actually hosted a barbecue slash party fundraiser for us and donated the money for that, which was 
unbelievably generous as well and so so many individuals that i can't possibly name uh, although we might collate them at one point and thank them all at the end of the season but every single one of you has donated anything from a pound to to you know a hundred pounds and it, it just really does make such a huge difference and like i said it makes our life that much easier because we have got more popular and as a result this live show does cost more to broadcast and things like that so we're just happy that we're uh we're able at least to to, to cover the money that we're spending which is brilliant and then he said fantastic i didn't sleep <laughs> oh, sort of said it um we're not going to preview the everton game um but I, I really feel guilty because i made alex go and do some stuff so i just will mention that one of the statistics that alex, <laughs> alex came up with was uh that lukaku is out and um uh, they're only left with one fit striker so interesting stuff uh we'll um, we stop that little gray fella osman i think we We've got up a chance. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, obviously, rather than preview that game in any real detail, there will probably be a match preview out on wholeradio.net slash blog new, uh, which will be done by Richard Fuster, who was uh, on the show last week. Uh, so look out for that. But, um, other than that, we'll be re- reviewing the Everton game next Sunday. And uh, mm. until then, thank you for listening. Thank you for contributing in any way that you did. See you all next week. Bye. Oh, okay. That's good stuff. That is fantastic news. the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect order mcdelivery now on the mcdonald's app you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.